You're listening to Ink and Pad Podcast. Poetry for the people. So grab your notepad, grab your pen, tune in, and let's see what goes on. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the fusion between gospel, word consummation, and poetry. We, the poets, do solemnly promise to intentionally arouse your imagination, inspiration, and action. We, the poets, are willing to lay down our triumph and burdens and joy and anger, our artistry and befuddlement on paper, raw and uncut. We, the poets, surrender our pens to the Holy Spirit so that he may write, promising to move ourselves out of the way, foregoing the oohs and ahs for the audience, if this means a soul is procured for the kingdom. We, the poets, encased behind screens, laptops, phones, and earbuds, stand before you vulnerable as willing conduits, sharing how we got over, how it is to overcome, and sometimes how God is over us. We, the poets, take you, the listener, to be our family in Christ, to be held, to be held accountable from this day forward, for better or for worse, to pray in sickness and rejoice in health, According to God's instructions, we, the poets, therefore promise to be woke, informed, thorough, and studied, both now and forever. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen of Ink and Pad, you guys are so consistent and I appreciate you so much. You are tuning in to episode five of Ink and Pad, baby. I am grateful. I am humbled. And I bless God for you. Today, y'all, I got some male energy in the building. He is a minister, a husband, he is a father, he is a veteran of the Navy. Thank you so much for your service. He is a third degree Mason. He is a member of Alpha Phi Zion Christian Fraternity Incorporated. Yeah. He is owner of G2G Cleaning in the greater Los Angeles area. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Serenity. Hey, y'all. What's up, homie? Not much, not much, you know. Just chill. Yeah, day to day. Chill like a wood, chill <laughs> like a wood. Welcome to Ink and Pad, bro. Great to be here, great to be here. Yay, thank <laughs> you. I really appreciate it. So we just gonna jump right in there and kick this thing off. Let's go. What made you fall in love with poetry? Honestly, poetry was, like my wife said in the last episode, rap for me. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, I really wasn't a poet poet. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm still, hey y'all, I'm still new to this. Don't, don't think I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm out there and I'm grandiose. <laughs> I, I, I'm the new, I'm the newbie here. Honestly, that, that's what it was. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love to listen to rap, and then uh, I fell in love with music, and I started finding ways to take the music off, well, take the track off of the music, mm-hmm. and just listen to the words so I could understand what I was, what I was listening to, mm. which is what kind of, which what threw me into into poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like to write though. Um, okay. I was, I was more so of if I wanted to say, it, I just said it. Even to today, I, I still have the, ish, the the battle of writing down what I'm thinking mm-hmm. instead of just like, hey, hear this out. And they're like, oh, that's good. And I leave it at that. Y'all, refer to episode three, The Poet Who Doesn't Want to Write. It is a thing. It is a for real thing. <laughs> like, for real. Shoot, I should have tapped you on the shoulder for that episode as well. But go ahead, bro. Yeah, so um, I'm more of a, with, with the poetry, I, I like to actually prefer just to let it all out once it comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the idea is together, I like to just go ahead and 
spirit also is not sitting in me too long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not one to let it live with me. Right. So that's how I got into it. What does that feel like for you when you let it sit too long? I find myself, a lot of times I find myself giving it away. Mm. Okay. Uh, so how? It, uh, in, my, in my regular day-to-day conversation. Okay. okay. In my day. Oh, yeah. like you're giving the nuggets and stuff away that you could have been putting into a whole poem. Yes. You're, you're, uh, oh, interesting yes. perspective. Yes. Um, I've, I've found myself, there are moments when I've, was we're putting the pieces together mm-hmm. and got stopped in, in the mid thought process and in the midst of our conversation i'm like hey yo what do you think about this piece right here i was mm-hmm. diving off the edge of diving off the edge of the building into the sea and only doing it only one that can grab me was the king of kings mm-hmm. and my buddy's like you know i never ended up using it in a piece i was originally putting it into but it was like there it goes nice so it's So that tells me it is an organic, innate thing in you then. If you spitting like that. I have have what people call the gift of gab. I like Mm -hmm. to talk if we're talking about a subject that I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. If I'm not familiar with the subject, I'll stay mute. But look at, look, look, hear what you're saying though. The fact that poetry just naturally spills out of you like that, that's crazy. So what geared you towards poetry versus rapping? Because a lot of men, when they feel that poetic click, if you will, that poetic urge, they usually take it towards, I'm a rapper. You know what I'm saying? So Uh, what made you go the more artsy route of poetry? You're going to laugh, but it was Tupac. When I realized realized that Tupac... That's what's up! So when I realized that Tupac actually went to school... Mm-hmm. For drama and all that stuff before rapping mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the different classes and th- different things you have to do to, to do all of that. I was like, dude, it was a beast. I bet y'all didn't know that. He studied his craft, y'all. Study your craft. Tupac yeah. studied his craft. So, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was that. It was the fact that he literally took the time out, like, before becoming famous as a rapper and all that, that he was really taking time out to, like, bury himself in, mm-hmm. in this field, which yeah. actually, you know, Without him knowing, open the door for what he what he could do, and became you know secondhand to him, mm-hmm. you know with it. On the flip side to that, he is the reason why I do right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did my research on Tupac, there was multiple artists that says like, "Oh no, we can come in the studio, and Tupac will be still in there writing, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Tupac will still be in there putting a, a verse down." Do a book of poetry from him. Posthumously, like after he passed away. So, if not, but I know that a lot of times, uh, like artists like Ice Cube, mm-hmm. artists like Tupac, I mean, uh, artists like Snoop Dogg that was along with him, would um, even Dr. Dre uh, would come in and say, like, oh no, we, we left the studio. Mm-hmm. And when we came back, he was still here. Mm. You know, those are things that keep me now, like, okay, no, if, if I have something, I need to write it down. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to, you know, it's one of the things that keep me focused on actually putting it to paper and not just leaving it out in the air. What are your tools for poetry? Like when something just clamoring? My quickest thing is my phone. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh, my notes app in this phone, baby. Is... My phone, um, <laughs> I, I, I tend to, because I don't write, I tend to find me a, a, a quick place where I can just, Record it verbally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then um, I might piece it together from there. Okay. Um, so it'll be my phone. Um, if nothing else, I will grab a piece of paper from almost anywhere. I got a whole satchel in my room that is just full of, like, random pieces of paper with random lines and random. 
<laughs> you know the hardest part is though when you do that, um, and and y'all, I'm a parent, so y'all excuse me. Is when you put it down and you knew you had something good on there, mm-hmm. and you look up and your kid's like, oh, it's just trash. Listen, it don't have to be your kid. There is a poem. I'm finishing my poetry, my book of poetry, and I have like 45, almost 48 poems, and I have not I moved forward. You know, I'm trying to do what thus saith the Lord on the page. All right. Amen. But I have come to a halt in that halt in that process because there's this one particular poem. I can't find this poem to save my life. And after I wrote this poem during some years when I was homeless, and it's so perfect for this book, and I cannot find it, and it's making me sick to my stomach. Mm. And I can't find it. And I'm going to push for it. And my homegirl, um, Paula, she told me to write a poem about the poem that I lost, you know, to compensate but I'm still like, when I want that poem. I wouldn't say compensate. I mm-hmm. would say that it's actual thing. Um, if you take time out, um, it's something y'all excuse me that preachers do. Mm. Um, you can have a you can have a, a, a really good point, a really good thing, and it not be for the moment. Yeah. And yeah. you lose it, and then in the midst of looking for something else, you find what you're looking for. I'm going to take that and receive that, and I'm going to push forward. Because when I tell you I have I have not picked up the project in like three weeks behind that one poem, thank you for that nugget. That's, that's pretty much it. Those are my tools, my phone and, okay. and a piece of paper. I, I normally have a pen or a pencil somewhere on me, mm-hmm. so I, I, can, I can write something down real quick. Now, you know, I've become real married to my iPad, right? Mm -hmm. And even though I use my note app and my iPhone and my iPad, I won't write poems in here because for whatever reason, I feel like if I lose this iPad, I'm going to lose a whole gaggle of my work and it's going to just make me want to curl up in a fetal position and cry. Again, you sound like the preachers I know. (laughs) Be having sermons and be like, look, I can't lose this. I can't Listen, lose this. But I'm still, I'm still kind of like a literally an ink and pad type. <laughs> Pardon the pun, y'all. But I'm literally like hands on. You know what I'm saying? Or, which is weird when I say this, it has to be in my Word app on the actual laptop. Okay. As if that can't crash, right? Right. But I don't know if it's not there. My notes app or on a notebook. Yeah, I don't know. When was your first time on the mic? Um, My first time on the mic was in 2019. Hmm. I did a piece actually for my wife for our anniversary. Uh, I remember (laughs) that. And that's what made me come after you for the poetry ministry. I was like, you a whole poet and didn't tell me we fighting. Yeah, we um, fighting. Just before that, though, I was mm-hmm. um, I did an unofficial spoken piece mm-hmm. for a open mic night. My last day in the Navy. Okay, now what made that unofficial versus an official poll? It was an unofficial thing because it was just like a last minute thing, mm-hmm. and it really was one of those. I, my wife calls it off a dome thing, and it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was my first time actually going up and actually like 
allowing somebody to hear me spit my poetry. So it sounds like that was actually your first time doing poetry. Yeah, but only with like 10 people around because we was at the bottom of the ship now. So, <laughs> so if, what is the saying? If a tree... If a tree falls in the, the woods, if, will anybody hear it? Right. If nobody's there, did it? Did, can it still be? I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool, though. I think that's cool. So, yeah, I think that's cool. What I love is that you are getting excited more, more and more about learning the basics of poetry. And you were after me for a long time. Kai, I need to know the basics. I need to, I need to, I need, and it was because you actually did that online series. Correct. It was because for the longest time I was like, who? Now, mind you, I went to school to teach poetry. I went to school to learn my craft to the umph degree and was scared out of my socks to actually put a series together online. She got the degree, y'all, and didn't want to teach it. It wasn't on purpose. You know what I'm saying? But I just let fear take over. You know what I mean? Listen. And so now that I've taught it once, I'm actually going to kick it up again. Um, Come on, sign up, y'all. Come on, Next sign month. Up. Come on, sign on up. And it was really, really cool, and I enjoyed it. And I might open it up to the ink and pad people. Might. I, I just. Hey, y'all. Look, I need all y'all to start subscribing. I need y'all to start, like, being endorsers <laughs> of this so that she can do this, like, all the way. I don't want y'all to get, you know miss none of these nuggets that she got for y'all. To God be the glory. God is good. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm blushing. Okay, I'm back. Who is your favorite poet? You kind of answered that question earlier a little so, bit, but yeah, my okay. So my all-time favorite poet is David. There it is. Um, so because of I was broken down the way it is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but because because of that and learning about David and learning how like. Not just him, but his son as well. Solomon was, well, they was dope with the way they did it. Um, and I fell in love with that because of the way Solomon was, I mean, the way David was mm -hmm. and the way his son was. Mm -hmm. um, now, if y'all remember, audience, the fun fact some episodes ago is that five books of the Bible are books of poetry. And that is Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastic, and Song of Solomon. Psalms are the writings of David and Song of Solomon are his son. And now Song of Solomon is a beast in itself. It's listen, you want to learn how to love somebody and woo somebody biblically in Jesus name. You better read you some Song of Solomon, but we're doing a showcase. I, I'm going to let it out later, y'all, but teaser, teaser, teaser. It's coming, it's coming, it's, <laughs> it's coming. coming. It's coming, but that's dope. Um, yeah, the key thing with that was David was a hoe. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> um, it is what it is. Yeah, that's, you know, David was out there. He loved women. And, the, but the thing was that his love for women didn't outdo his love for God. And the way yep. that he wrote his song and the way that he wrote his love to God was just amazing to me. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then even for his son to come, come, come back, um, and become king and, and walk in the same steps. Mm -hmm. His son did the same thing, even though his son had, you know, wives and concubines, you know, mm -hmm. which is, y'all forgive me, I would say, but that was that was amazing to me that you could have like this many wives and concubines was 
bliss in a man's world, okay? A mess. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's how I got into, into but it's poetry. But it's the truth. It's you know, the truth. It, that's how I got into poetry. It, it, it began to, you know, reading that showed me how I could talk to women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not and I mean not just for, for the game, you right? Know, but just how to talk to them and how to, how to get them to see that you see something in them, nice. that you can see them not just as a woman, not just as a, as a you know piece of meat, mm-hmm. but as somebody that's really gonna be there with you and like hold you down, you know, in them dark mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the way he described his love for God and the way that uh, Solomon did his love towards his wife and towards the women that he loved mm-hmm. and and his love to God. Just gives me gives me all of that. Nice, and I'm, if people would just read the Bible and you ain't really gotta, take you ain't gotta it, read the whole thing. Just you know, not all in one day. Just yeah, grab you, you a little bit here. You ain't here. gonna read it in all in one day. Let's start there. Yeah. So cause read, by the time you, you, you get, read, you can take it in a year. Listen, in a year you can take it because by the time you get through some of them begats, honey, that's gonna take you a minute. If you just read the Bible, even if you start off just reading it, like, okay, what is this talking about? It will open up some things to you. It'll teach you how Serenity says, you know, to talk to a woman, to love on a woman, to show show her value through his lenses. You know, it'll teach you how to write poetry because um, it's some bars in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is some bars in there. Um, it'll teach you how to be a virtuous woman, how to be a good husband, how to be a minister, how to be an artist with Aholiab and Bezalel who... Um, who built the temple, uh, you know, the temple back in, what was that, Exodus? Child, don't give me the line, but you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, 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 you know, the ephod that they made and all oh, the yeah. gemstones and all the things. And, that's all. That's you know, a, that's, and, a, that's, a, that's a whole episode in That's itself. a whole episode in that's and of the stuff. That's a whole episode in but, itself to understand <laughs> what it took yeah. to be, to what you had to wear as a psalmist to understand what you had to yeah. do as as. We see that psalmist, but you were that was at that time God's poetry piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. understand that if people understood that the the way I mean we we're free now to dress however we want to dress. Mm-hmm. But if you really understood it, like it was a dress code to do what you did mm-hmm. with God. Exactly. Before Christ came and reconciled us unto God, there was a whole exactly <laughs> there was a whole list six hundred and something things that you could and could not do. So, but again, that's a whole nother episode. And we still fighting over 10. Listen, but speaking of which, (laughs) will you please share a piece with the masses? Okay, so this piece is called The Sober Prayer. Mm. Um, It was a piece written uh, during my time of um, walking into sobriety. Okay. Um, How long you been sober? I'm actually looking at four years sober off of crystal meth. And um, Alex is seven. Seven years off of cigarettes mm-hmm. and five years off of alcohol. That's what's up. Yeah. Congratulations so, yeah. to God so be the glory. this is called The Sober Prayer. Uh, and it starts off saying, Lord, I need you to sober me. Not just from the drugs of the world, but from the way they allow people, from the way I allow people to see me and address me. Lord, I'm coming to you because they say, because they say I can trust them, but I don't find it, find that true. So I come to you to confide in you my most darkest truths so that I can be free and love me for me. Lord, hold me, keep me from her who destroys me. <laughs> her being crystal, she is so lovely. 
my mind, with my mind and every part of me in every inhale. Lord, I pray and I decree that you set me free from this disease. And sometimes I can't help myself and you and I both know that I want to be a better me. But in this thing, she holds me deeply. You can always find me at the local pharmacy looking for her. But Lord, I need you to find me at the altar, set myself free. Mm. Glory be. Glory be. Glory be. Vulnerable, riveting. It, ugh. I love that you, you walked in your vulnerability. You chose to walk into your healing. Spirit, mind, and body. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. So one, one of the things is um, with that is um, I had an old, a old Navy guy tell me, and then uh, when I got out the military, I had an old preacher tell me the same thing two two different two different um, two different ways. Mm -hmm. He said, "Just kiss." Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, kiss is an abbreviation. The, the military is gift using, mm -hmm. but it stands for keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Even and, and again, another preacher came. A preacher came to me and said the same thing. Just kiss the people. Mm -hmm. Just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Let them understand. Give, give them us. Give them something they can understand. And so the only way I could keep it simple was give them something I can relate to. Give them something that I can only speak of. Mm -hmm. I try my best to not speak on something I don't know because I don't want to give the wrong information. Right. So the only I can speak of is something I know of. I know of being out in the streets i knew of being mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. drug addict i knew of being an alcoholic i knew of being you know um adulterer mm -hmm. these are things i knew of so it it never be, um never was a big fight to be transparent with somebody else to help mm -hmm. them be free from things that you know enslave us that and uh that are the chains around our necks so what helped you become to be that vulnerable because Especially in your poetry, because in the last episode when I was talking with Dakota, we were talking about sometimes poets do not want to write because it is such a vulnerable place. It is such a, this is my heart, soul laid out on the paper, on the stage for you to hear. You know what I'm saying? And some people like to weaponize some things that they shouldn't be weaponizing. What made you push past all of that and said, here it is? I have some people in my life, my founder. Mm. My pastor might be brother, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Michael Fisher. Uh, him, I watch him. I listen to him. Uh, shout outs to him. I watch him be transparent mm -hmm. and open um, as he leads young men mm -hmm. to be better. Then I watch him lead and be transparent as a pastor mm -hmm. of a church. And knowing that being transparent with your pe with your your congregation, you know, can bring ridicule mm -hmm, and can, mm -hmm. you know, put you in a dangerous place. But he he does it so well. He's so transparent with and that the people understand and can relate to his transparency and, and receive him better. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so I took the same stance in my delivery of being transparent so that someone who may struggle, may 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 fight with that can mm -hmm. see they they too can you know overcome that yeah and um you know that's just it. It, it you know people can see through the fluff you know the real the real the real can see the real yeah you know the so there's no listen. point it was no point of me saying oh you know what 
you know, I, I came doing this poetry thing and it was just an open door. Nah, mm -hmm. this poetry thing was, was my way of telling people that I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it ain't easy, but I'm giving every I'm giving every moment to God so that he can work this thing out. Mm -hmm. And when I don't feel like it, I start writing so that he can, or I start saying something so that he can use me mm -hmm. to help someone else. That's what's up. I know with, that's one of the things that drew me to Greater Zion because... Pastor, I, I can't remember what the story was, but he told a story that I think it was one of the ones where he was like, yeah, I, my favorite drink was da -da 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 -da. I was like, oh, I'd never heard a pastor do that. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And that's what kept me because when you can share your proclivities, your your shortcomings, your saying your downfalls you know the word of god says a man falls seven times and get back up you know what i mean mm -hmm. he get up just you know what i'm saying and the fact that he is the prime example that he's fallen so many times but he still got back up mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and one of the things is um my my grandfather let an old man mm -hmm. he's he he told me when i was growing up he said whenever you fall fall forward mm -hmm. you can brace yourself mm -hmm. you can prepare yourself for that he said you falling backwards can mm -hmm. be critical. Mm -hmm. You can fall and you can actually crack your skull. You can hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. So you fall forward, you can prepare yourself for what's coming. Mm -hmm. And so I always try to put myself in a place that if I'm going to fall, let me fall forward. If I'm going to be open, you know, and I'm, I'm going to take this, at least I'm preparing myself for it. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, even in my pieces, um, even in my transparency, there are, there are, there are still areas that I haven't tapped into. Oh God! There are there are areas I I just let me no let me not lie. There are areas that I don't want to tap into that I have tapped into. There's a whole piece about my lifestyle mm. that will never see the you eyes. You kind of, if I know what you're talking about, you kind of tapped into that a little bit that, in our last showcase. That, that no one will ever, no no. There's a whole okay. piece. Okay, I'm gonna let full, you reveal that when you there's want. There's a full two page piece to that oh like a grand poem is what yes. they call it um so there's a two-page piece to to that lifestyle mm. um that will never see light of day uh, and that's okay poets write stuff that people may not ever see but because you got it out on paper mm -hmm. that's enough yeah you know what i mean yeah so i mean you know that that's that's what it is that's cool. what it is that's what it is i love that I and then you know that. I got my other little special person. You know she, um, you know she she do her thing. She do she she does her thing. She is um, who that is who that who that she's, is. She's 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 my teacher. Oh, she's my teacher. <laughs> um, you know. I thought you was talking about somebody she, she, else. She's my teacher. Oh, she's my teacher. She um she she forever in a day you know was was like. Just push me to the side, like no, you don't. You don't want to know about poetry. You don't want to know about poetry. But now I'm here, and I won't let it go, y'all. Hey, my teacher Kaya Tana, she be on it. Look, that's my inspiration. When I don't be knowing to do, I be like, what is? What do I? Honestly, let me tell you, my my newest piece I'm working on was inspired because of Kaya Tana always saying you gotta write something. Oh. The newest piece is called I gotta write something. There so it is. Know. There it is. I just did a poem. For the last episode called the Unpoem. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Y'all go listen to episode three. 
so you hear it. <laughs> I ain't gonna read it here, but uh, I want to hear. You know, I want to hear that. You know, I'm a hound you. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna hound you in my country. It's the boys. I's gonna hound you for that piece. Yeah. Okay. Cool deal. I have enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed talking Serenity. to you. Serenity. It's been good. Yay. So we're going to wrap this up. I want to know what has poetry taught you? All right. So outside of the, the basics of understanding what a hyperbole is, understanding mm -hmm. what metaphors and similes are, uh, going back to just basic English fundamentals mm -hmm. and how to put things together, poetry has taught me how to speak to people. Mm. This is I can talk I can talk um, all day, but how I talk to people and the way I talk to people has has changed because of poetry. I want people to fully understand what I'm saying mm -hmm. and uh, fully understand my view and my perspective. Mm -hmm. So I've been using poetry to shape uh, or at least to format my thought process to get my thought process together before I speak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, growing up, you, you know, think before you speak. Well, now I'm actually doing that, and poetry's helped me do that to make sure I, I say the right things, make sure I'm, you know, using affirmative words. Nice. Um, yes. Instead of words that that degrade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, if nothing else, poetry's taught me to value mm -hmm. um, my words, mm -hmm. value how they come out. And value above all things who I give my words to. Thank you so much, <laughs> Serenity. No I appreciate no you for stopping by. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Awesome. Hey, y'all tune in again. I need y'all to tune in like every week. Toodle. This is Paula Sordor, and you're listening to Ink and Pad Poetry for the People on RML Radio, where real music lives. Listen and be inspired. Thank you to Serenity for stopping by Ink and Pad headquarters. Before we go, I just wanted to drop a quick fun fact on you guys. The fun fact, now I found this as I was looking up the book suggestion for the episode. It's regarding Tupac. Pac Amaru Shakur was actually born Lassane Parish Crooks. That is his birth name, Lassane Parish Crooks. Who knew? I just thought he was born Tupac Amaru Shakur. But either way, it's very artsy and poetic, and he was destined for greatness. Which leads us into the book of the episode, is in fact Tupac Shakur's book of poetry, The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Uh, printed by MTV Books, reprint edition, February 3rd, 2009. So, interesting stuff. I enjoyed you, Serenity. Thank you for stopping by. And until next time, you guys, um, keep in mind, National Poetry Writing Month starts April 1st next month. Um, I will be posting prompts. More information about that to come. And actually, to get us warmed up, let me give you a writing prompt right now. The writing prompt is write a poem inspired by your favorite color. Okay? All right. And until next time, you guys. You are listening to Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. Right on, y'all.